Welcome to Investment Insights from Perch Wealth, your ultimate guide to smart real estate investment and achieving your financial goals. Your host, Ehud Gersten, is a renowned expert and the founder of Perch Wealth. His team specializes in 1031 exchanges and breaks down complex concepts into digestible strategies for financial independence. Dive deep into the world of investment, from the intricacies of 1031 exchanges to expert insights on real estate investments. Hi, I'm Ehud Gersten. Let's get into it. Investors are often drawn to DSTs or Delaware Statutory Trusts as a vehicle for deferring and possibly avoiding paying capital gains tax on the sale of other investment real estate property. Rather than doing a traditional 1031 exchange from one wholly owned property to another, a DST allows investors to utilize a 1031 exchange into a DST that is actively managed by an experienced and professional third party. This allows the investor to take a passive backseat role rather than own real estate that requires their active management. Investing in a DST can potentially provide a great hassle-free way for investors to earn passive income on a monthly basis in a diversified portfolio of institutional grade real estate. Yet just as traditional 1031 exchanges have strict rules, so do DST investments. To clarify the rules and regulations pertaining to DSTs, the IRS introduced the seven deadly sins of DSTs. These rules limit the powers of DST trustees and serve as the compulsory guidelines for how DSTs operate. In this podcast, we provide an explanation of each of the seven deadly sins of DSTs. One, once a DST offering is closed, no future capital contribution is permitted to the DST by either existing or new investors. Unlike other types of real estate syndications or funds, once a DST offering has closed, that DST may not request additional contributions or make capital calls from investors. This is because when you invest in a DST, you receive a pro rata share of ownership in the property based on the value of your initial investment. Any future investments could potentially change ownership percentages and by extension may dilute someone's ownership share. Doing so would impact investors' claims to the DST assets and therefore no further contributions are allowed once the DST offering closes. Two, the trustee of a DST cannot borrow more funds or renegotiate the terms of existing loans. Prior to accepting investments, the sponsor of a DST is required by law to disclose the loan amounts associated with the property held in that DST. This allows prospective investors to evaluate the debt-to-income ratio of a portfolio during their due diligence process, as the type, rate, and terms of the debt can impact investment returns. Since DST investors have very little authority over investment decisions, this ruling prevents the sponsor from assuming more debt or refinancing into a new mortgage that may otherwise impact the beneficiary's interest. There is an exception to this rule, however. The DST sponsor may be able to renegotiate loan terms or assume additional debt in the case of a tenant's bankruptcy or insolvency, though not without significant paperwork and oversight. Three. A DST cannot reinvest proceeds from the sale of its real estate. Unlike REITs or real estate investment trusts, the IRS prohibits a sponsor from reinvesting proceeds from the sale of the DST into new investment property. Instead, the sale proceeds must be distributed to the DST's various beneficiaries. Those who have invested in the DST can then take their share of the sales proceeds and either roll over the gains into another DST via a new offering with the same sponsor or another sponsor altogether using the 1031 mechanism or cash out entirely. 
Those who elect to do the latter will find that their capital gains are subject to state and federal taxes at that time. 4. The DST sponsor has limited authority to make capital improvements, except for those associated with A. Normal repair and maintenance, B. Minor non-structural capital improvements, and C. Those required by law. The IRS limits the scope of improvements any DST sponsor can make. The rationale is that Historically, some sponsors have elected to make capital improvements that ultimately put the beneficiary's investment at risk. This provision is intended to protect investors from ill-fated capital upgrades. 5. Any cash reserves being held between distribution dates may only be reinvested in the DST's short-term debt obligations. Because DST sponsors cannot raise extra cash or take on new debt after the offering closes, most DSTs have substantial cash reserves on hand. These cash reserves are available to make future investments, if need be. However, to prevent the use of cash in a speculative way, such as unfruitful capital improvements, as noted above, the IRS only allows DST sponsors to invest cash in short-term loan obligations that can easily be liquidated prior to the DST's next distribution date, and therefore is considered a cash equivalent. One upshot of this provision is that it allows the DST sponsor to make quick, thoughtful capital improvements that increase the value of the DST without putting the beneficiary's investment at risk. 6. All cash other than necessary reserves must be distributed to co-investors on a regular basis. A DST is only able to keep necessary reserves on hand to cover property management, emergency maintenance or repairs, and other unexpected expenses. Otherwise, all cash earnings and proceeds from the sale of DST property must be paid out to investors on agreed-upon distribution dates. This deadly sin is intended to prevent sponsor misappropriation of funds and helps to ensure that the DST beneficiaries earn their distributions on a regular basis. 7. The DST sponsor cannot renegotiate existing leases or enter into new leases after the offering has closed. Once a DST has closed, the IRS prevents the sponsor from entering into new leases or renegotiating current leases. This is because lease terms can have a dramatic impact on revenue and therefore may impact investors' returns. One workaround to this provision, if you will, is for DSTs to use a master lease structure. Under a master lease, the DST leases property to a master tenant who may then enter into new leases or renegotiate existing leases with sublessers. The master lease provides DST investors with some certainty, while providing the master tenant with some flexibility to tweak leases for the property's benefit. This ensures the sponsor will not make risky leasing decisions and puts the onus on the master tenant to fulfill the master lease obligations. The exception to this rule is if a tenant experiences bankruptcy or insolvency, in which case the sponsor may enter a new lease or renegotiate the lease terms for that tenant. At first glance, it may seem that DSTs are overly regulated. In reality, the seven deadly sins of DSTs were simply enacted to protect investors. These rules must be followed closely by the sponsor and investors alike. Accordingly, investors will want to carefully vet any sponsor prior to investing in a DST. Specifically, look for sponsors who can speak to the seven deadly sins of DSTs with confidence. Their ability to explain the intricacies of these regulations will be a positive sign that the sponsor is highly qualified and able. If you need help with a 1031 exchange, contact us today. Our team would be happy to walk you through the process of investing your capital gains into a DST. 
Doing so, investors will find, is a great way to defer paying capital gains tax while simultaneously moving from active to passive real estate investments that are diversified. Thank you for listening. The following are the real estate and 1031 risk disclosures. There's no guarantee any strategy will be successful or achieve investment objectives. All real estate investments have the potential to lose value during the life of the investments. The income stream and depreciation schedule for any investment property may affect the property owner's income bracket and or tax status. An unfavorable tax ruling may cancel deferral of capital gains and result in immediate tax liabilities. All financed real estate investments have potential for foreclosure. These 1031 exchanges are offered through private placement offerings and are illiquid securities. There is no secondary market for these investments. If a property unexpectedly loses tenants or sustains substantial damage, there is potential for suspension of cash flow distributions. Costs associated with the transaction may impact investors' returns and may outweigh the tax benefits. Tax benefits are not guaranteed and are subject to changes in the tax code. You haven't even paid me from last time. I haven't watched Halo either. I'm going to summarize Halo Season 2 based on the Watching Now Halo podcast from Couch Soup. This is going to be fun. So Chief could be crazy. <laughs> Cortana's had a facelift. We're a bit mixed. Quan and Soren's story is really boring. Is is it over yet? Reach is f***ed. Reach for the stars. You all are gonna die. Spartans have a new leader called Ackerson. More like Dickerson. Apparently McKee is alive? She didn't die on screen, so she's probably not dead. Key's definitely not dying. Right, right, right. And the flood is coming. Is the water on this planet? What do I know? You should be listening to the Watching Now Halo podcast everywhere. Podcasts are available. Where's my money, Drew? Are you ready to go down the rabbit hole? The All Things Alice podcast will explore the cultural phenomena of Alice in Wonderland. Frank Bedore, the author of the Looking Glass Wars trilogy, is your host through a wonderverse of interviews from all types of creators as they chronicle the dark yet empowering reality of Lewis Carroll's fantasies and answer the question, what is it about Alice that captivates us still today? The All Things Alice podcast, available wherever you listen to podcasts.